0: Thanks for listening to another leadership podcast from Pastor Jurgen and the team here at C3 San Diego. To find out more about our church, go to C3SanDiego.com. Amen. Who feels better after Empower? Come on. Can we just thank all the team and the volunteers and the media, the sound, the lighting, the musicians, the singers? Pastor Summer and the events, and beautiful Colby, Colby Johnson, who did a fabulous job with the hospitality and the care, and beautiful Meagsy, did a great job. Fantastic. Awesome. I want you to uh, come with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 1, Proverbs 14, verse 1. Proverbs 14 verse 1. There is a book that we make every intern read. And please tell me that it hasn't changed. So if it has changed we need to change it back. But every intern has to read the Starbucks experience. If you're an intern you have to read the Starbucks experience. And the reason you have to read it is because the very, very first page when you open up says that Starbucks is not in the coffee industry. Now Starbucks is known all around the world for its coffee. But obviously once you've been to Australia and New Zealand you kind of can read that and go, Wow, I, I suspected that. <laughs> After tasting their coffee I suspected they're not... I wonder what's really going on. And then you turn the page and then it says Starbucks is not in the coffee industry. Starbucks is in the people industry. Starbucks is in the people industry. So let me read this scripture and then then it's going to make sense. So Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. Whenever you see the word woman in the Scripture, generally you can uh, switch it out with the word church. The church is the bride of Christ. So let me just kind of put the word church in there. The wise church builds her house, but the foolish church pulls it down with her hands. So this morning I just want to talk to you a little bit about something that... uh, I, I just kind of feel necessary, and it's become apparent that it's quite necessary because there's a level of lost in translation. There's a level of lost in translation, uh, and it's around ha- the handling of people. It's around people skills, and uh, sometimes I think we just take for granted that that everybody understands that the people skills or the, you know, the love or the grace or whatever that they've received that they actually now uh, not just. Uh, uh, receptors of that, but they are also transmitters of that. But I've begun to discover as you read the Bible, the man who received grace, where he was forgiven $500,000 worth of debt, went and wanted to throw in prison a guy who owed him $5,000 worth of debt. So the grace that he received, he was completely reluctant to pass on to somebody else. And so, so that there is a trait of human nature. And so it's very, very important because there, there are certain things that have, uh, I believe, grown our church. And let me just say this, the, 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 Bible, the Bible is, is expert and in, in three areas, and you've heard me say this before. The Bible alone, you cannot, you will not get this from Harvard, Yale, Oxford, there is virtually no uh, institution, learning center in America that will teach you what the Bible teaches emphatically. Number one is the reality of God. The reality of God is all the way through your Bible. Your Bible is a handbook that already gives you an unfair advantage over everybody else because it teaches you not just the reality of God but the access ways, the pathways to His presence, to His power, to His principles, to His person. So, so, so the Bible will teach you about God. The second thing the Bible does is it teaches you about the reality of evil. There really is evil in this world. Evil is present, yeah. and the Bible will teach you how to discern good from evil. The Bible will teach you how to recognize evil. The Bible will teach you not only how to recognize it, but also how to ward it off, also how to overcome it. The Bible will teach you the authority that you and I have over, uh, over Satan, over the devil, over the kingdom of darkness, over demonic forces. But the third thing that the Bible is absolutely proficient and expert in is in human nature. There is no other book on the planet that I believe is a greater psychology tool than the Scriptures. The problem with me when I read the Bible is I catch myself continually time and time again in most of the negative passages. I'm reading King Saul, I'm like... Ah, that's in me. Saul has slain his thousands. David, he's ten thousands. And I'm looking at someone going, how come they've got so many likes on there? Ah, I'm Saul. And uh, and the Bible will kick your aspect on many situations. And uh, we, we need it. So, so uh, let me just say this. Almost every ceiling that I've seen over churches, you know, um, you've kind of been doing this thing now 26 years and travel a little bit and when i talk to the the pastors and the leaders they they believe that it's not enough of god they believe that they could just have you know a move of god if god would just you know bring a person out of a wheelchair revival would break forth and you know that's if god would just show up in his glory in his manifest glory then you know the church would explode and glow grow if there was just you know gold dust falling from heaven if it was just jewels appearing between people's toes then the church would flourish and the church would grow um, uh, then, then, then you get to the other ones where the, the the other people their church isn't growing, and it's because of the devil. You know, there's, there's, there's warfare in this city, and you know there are there are there are satanists in this city. You know, we're one of the we're one of the three biggest covens in all of the United States of America, and our city there are there are witches and they're they're cursing churches, and it's like oh my gosh, if only there weren't witches cursing God's power could flow. But he's like, man, what can I do? The witches are cursing me, and uh, and so so they put everything on the devil. And you go to these churches, you know, you've got the ones that's all, you know, it's all uh, theology. It's all pressing into God. And, and, uh, you know, you, you walk, <laughs> and they do that. And you're like, holy shnikey. You're like, you know, your friends and, and then, uh, you know, people down the front, you know, it's like, you're like, holy dooly. And then, and then someone will prophesy, yay, the Lord would say, the Lord would say, yay. You know, it's like, and it's just you know and it's all about and people laying on the floor and people growling like dogs and and everything and it's and it's all this 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 quest this attempt you know, to somehow f- finagle God so the church will grow. And then the other one is, you know, the, it's the warfare church and they're always binding the devil and they're preaching about the devil. You know, he features every week in their bulletin and he features, you know, it's even got a photo of him on the website and, and, and it's all about the devil and it's about warfare and, and you know, everything's a demon and they, you know, and, and, and both of them, both of them have these very, very profound and very pronounced ceilings over them. Because I actually believe it's neither of them that actually grow the church. I actually believe it's the third one. The thing that grows the church, honestly, is your ability or inability to handle people. To handle people. Starbucks says we're not in the coffee industry, we're in the people industry. I want to say to you that as a church, we are not in the theology industry, we're in the people industry. Jesus came for people. Jesus came for people. So I want to talk to you today a little bit about, about uh, leading people. So the fir- first, first thought, if you go down three verses, Proverbs 14, 4 says this, it says, Where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes through the strength of an ox. Where no oxen are, the trough is clean, but much increase comes in the strength of an ox. Let me just tell you, you need oxen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oxen in the scripture are, are productive servants. The, the symbol for an ox is a productive servant, is a, is a servant that can plow the ground, is a servant that can uh, you know, advance the kingdom, advance territory, that's what oxen were. And the Bible says where no oxen are the trough is clean. So if you want clean and tidy, then don't have any any volunteers don't have any leaders don't have any strong leaders don't have any productive leaders but if you want productive leaders if you want great servants if you want a great team you got to you got to learn that mess is just the other side of the coin it gets messy it gets messy leadership development is messy dealing with people is messy if you want clean and tidy don't want leaders, but if you want leaders, if you want productivity, if you want the kingdom to advance, if you want the territory to advance, you got to get good with living with the mess, <laughs> living in the mess. And so, uh, unfortunately, uh, we've kind of developed a little bit of a, 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 a mantra, or we're in danger of developing that uh, we want a no mess productive team. We want no mess leadership. It does not exist. It doesn't exist. So, so let me just tell you this. Uh, uh, there is a principle called fail forward. We fail forward. What fail forward means is that the first time you tried to walk you failed dismally. Yeah but you're walking today. You didn't give up. Your yeah. parents didn't stand having and go, you idiot! Oh, it's I'd so simple. One foot in front. I'll oh, just forget it. I'll just carry you for the rest of your life, you little... I mean, thank God. <laughs> Nobody had you know, that kind of a jack wagon father. Yeah. And, uh, but let me just tell you, uh, one of the things that saddens me is somebody was put on this roster or someone was put on this team or someone was put on this opportunity and then they didn't do a great job. Maybe, maybe they kind of, you know, failed. And so what we do is we pull them off, have no communication, give them no feedback. And now they're left wondering. They kind of felt like it was their first go and they didn't really do a great job. But nobody, nobody had the courage to sit with them, talk to them, tell them what they did do well and what they didn't do well, what they can improve on. They were just removed from the roster. And so now they just feel like they're just kind of a, a, a bit of a failure, hopeless, and now they're questioning, and we're like, we, you know, we're a church of, that builds our church on volunteers. And I'm up there preaching, thinking that we're building our church on volunteers, connect, grow, serve, lead. We want people to serve. We want you to find your serve. And you have a Charlotte Gamble comes through and preaching about find your serve and serving in a place. And then these people are like, well, why, why would you? Why, why would you put your hand up for that? Yeah. Like you serve, you, you do your best. There's no feedback. It's just removal because we've got cowardice leaders. Yeah. It's called mishandling people. It's called mishandling people. And when you mishandle people, that person is, is right now already a prime target to, to go somewhere where someone at least give them feedback. Someone at least love them enough to say, listen, you did this really well, but man, you know, this here... You know or, or are we too too busy to do that so you we, we've got to allow people to make mistakes like honestly I, I i am i am the leader i am today not because of the books i've read even though they helped i'm the leader today not because of all the great choices i've made even though they helped I gotta tell you, I reckon I'm a good leader today because of all the dumb aspect decisions, <laughs> uh, because of all the stupid mistakes, because of all the dumb. Th- I remember the first time, you know, there was a bit of a coup in in, in our youth ministry in New Zealand. Uh, one of the young adults, we our young adults thing wasn't growing quick enough, or you know, and so this 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 couple decided, you know, their, their mum was a little bit of a, a control freak, and and so they decided that they were going to. Organized on the same night as our young adults youth night that they were going to organize, you know, bowling and car rallies and everything else. And so it co- caused this little division. And so all of my young adults leaders are like, You got to do something, you got to do something, you got to do something, you got to do something. So I'm, like, oh, I'm doing it. That's it. I'm doing it this Sunday after church. I'm going to flip and nail them. And, uh, and so I invite them, I said, Hey, what are you guys doing after church? And like, Oh, nothing. So why don't you come to my house for lunch. Never do confrontation over lunch, but I was stupid. Is a stupid does, and so I invite them over for lunch, and uh, and then my leader's like, "Man, you got, I'm, I'm giving it to them So can we come? I'm like, "Flip, come," and I'm thinking, mate, oh you know, moral support. <laughs> so you know, there's this couple, and then there's about a dozen other people, and uh, you know, food has just arrived, and they just start eating, and they, you know, it's all pleasant. And I'm like, "Man, this is awkward. How do I go from pleasant to a, a, a you know, a stern, a stern rebuke?" And, uh, and so I just thought, well, I'll just, I'll just jump off the cliff into the edge, into the abyss. I said, you guys are divisive. You know, the Bible says a kingdom divided cannot stand. And, you know, Satan is the great divider. And you're in league with Lucifer. You know, I don't know what I said. I said something. And, and I had no idea that the, this guy's girlfriend had, a, had a, a heart condition. And so she starts like this hyperventilate and then passes out anyway the way this meeting finished the meeting finished with us having to call the ambulance 911 and load her onto a gurney into the end of the ambulance it's my le- the same leaders who were like, man, you got to give it to them right between. You've got to give it to them. And now looking at me, going, man, I can't believe you did that. Just and uh, it was the worst thing. And I couldn't even blame Leanne. I couldn't. Even if God says, Jurgs, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I couldn't even say the woman, she had nothing to do with it. In fact, she probably tried to talk me out of it the whole way home. But I was just helping. B- I made so many flipping mistakes. But, you know, thank God, thank God my senior pastor, you know, when he heard about it, didn't kind of write me off or just remove me from ever preaching or ever leading again. Never had a, never had a conversation with me. Thank God that there was room enough to fail forward. You've got to give people room to fail forward. You failed your way to where you are today. Let me say that again. You failed your way to where you are today. You've got to give people room. But it's not just room to make mistakes. It's when they make a mistake, the love and the care and the attention to sit with them. So you're doing this really well. What's your thoughts about this? What do you think about this? How do you think you could have done this better? Have, tell, give me some feedback. What did you? What did you think there? We don't fire people without explanation. We love people. We believe in people. Let me just say this that discipleship is the development of people. Discipleship is the development of people. If we, if we say to everyone, we are a discipleship church, then you need to understand we are a development church. We develop people. People are our greatest asset. People are our greatest resource. People are our greatest uh, problems. But it's all about people. The reason we do what we do is about people. So that's number one, development is messy. Number two, we have to become people experts. How to handle people. Uh, You know there, there are three A's. The first one is affirmation. The second one is approval. And the third one is acceptance. There are three A's that every human being longs for. Affirmation, approval, acceptance. Affirmation means that you're bigger than your current performance. Everybody needs to be affirmed. You know that you know. I've been taking Zoe surfing, and she stands up for maybe a split second, but she can ride the wave now all the way into the beach on her knees. So I'm telling her, Zoe, you are a surfer. You are unbelievable. Your balance is extraordinary. She she struts up the beach like she's, you know. So I'm not saying, oh my God, you stood up for a split second. You're never gonna get it. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the surfboard. Like, she she she's never gonna be all that she can be unless she's affirmed. And to affirm someone says, hey, 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 don't, 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 don't limit your, don't lower your perspective about yourself down to your current performance. Your job as a leader, as a prophetic leader, is to actually see their end, re- is actually to see their potential, not, 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 re- not realize their performance. But help them to realize their potential. And so that's affirmation. Affirmation says, man, you're bigger than this. You got this. Come on, have another go. There's greater in you. You, Come on, you've got this thing. You're a great songwriter. You're a great song leader. You're a great worship pastor. You're a great, whatever it is, put that in the people. And and that's called uh, affirmation. The second one is approval. Approval is, man, you got it. You got the good, man, I don't know if I'm, no, absolutely, you got it. It's you give people approval. The third one is acceptance. Acceptance is huge because people want to know where they belong. You know, there's the, the, the saying that's come to, to light in the last few years that people have to belie- belong before they believe. People have to belong before they believe. People are looking for, where do I fit? Where do I fit in life? God forbid that they should come to, to our church and feel like, man, I went there, great music, amazing LED screens, incredible media, great production, awesome You know, parking team. They've got Captain America on the parking team out there, but I just didn't find my fit. I just didn't feel like I belonged. They were so busy with their programs that I, there was just no... Pe- People are longing for acceptance. People are longing for belonging. Number three, poor leaders avoid confrontation. Great leaders do it well. Poor leaders avoid confrontation. Great leaders do it well. Let me just give you some thoughts that I've... uh, Jot down over how to, how to do confrontation. If you don't confront, whatever you don't confront does not go away. It just gets worse. Yeah. If you're sitting in your house and, oh my gosh, there's a little leak in the roof. <sighs> you know what? I'll just paint over it. <laughs> <laughs> the way I won't have to deal with it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just turn my chair so I can It's only going to get worse. Yeah. Right. So you need to see whatever leak, whatever situation, whatever, if you don't deal with it, it does not go away, it gets worse. And so we have to become courageous enough to confront and confront well, not confront the way that I did. So here's some of the things that I've learned. Always begin with praise and honest appreciation. Honest appreciation doesn't mean you know somebody sucked at something. and I just believe you're going to be the next president of the United States of America. You know, just be honest with people. Man, oh, I think there's the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and then you. You're the fourth member of the Trinity. A, you know, give give praise, but with honest appreciation. Man, I love your personality. Man, I've got to tell you, I love that you always turn up with a smile. Or man, I love that whatever you do, you do it like boots and all. You're a you're like a 110% person. Now, listen, you know, when you started slapping the kids, that's probably, you know, like you gotta start <laughs> with, you gotta start with, begin with genuine and honest appreciation. Very good. Second one is you gotta call to attention people's mistakes. Call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. And what I mean by that is ask questions instead of giving direct orders. Don't make statements. Hey, you know, uh, just you know, just help me here. Tell me, what was your thought behind slapping the children? What was your thought behind berating the person as they were trying to find, as they were trying to move a chair because they were in a wheelchair? Tell me why, why you felt that you needed to... If you can finish with the words, you idiot, you probably shouldn't use that sentence. So ask questions instead of giving kind of direct... Let, always let the other person say face. This, this is probably one that I've, I've learned the most. Even when, I, even when I know and they know that I know that they actually did it on purpose because they lost their temper, they lost their cool always let them save their face like you know it's just so it's so un- uncharacteristic it's probably and they're like yeah you know it it, it was it was an accident <laughs> it was a complete accident and uh, they you know when you and like, always let people save face the, the goal is the goal is to to let them see that the issue that this behavior whatever it was is not part of our virtue, our culture, our values, and even part of the way that they ought to be doing things. Praise the slightest improvement. Praise every improvement. And be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. Give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. Give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. Man, you are, you are such a great connector. You are such a great people person. You are such a great leader. You're such a great motivator. You're such a great team builder. Man, you're, you're one of the best people that we've got. Man, i got you in this area. You're doing A, B, and C well. I reckon if you just work on DEF, my God, you are gonna be extra. Always give the person a great reputation because people will live up to or live down to the reputation that you put on them as a leader. Use encouragement. Make the fault seem easy to correct. Make the other person happy about doing whatever you suggest. All right, number four, numero cuatro, is always make people feel important. The Bible says in Luke 15, verse 7, that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. So so God immediately tells us to make every person feel important. Here is the great danger as you lead teams. People are unimportant unless they are doing something productive to achieve your agenda. So now people are no longer the focus they become the commodity. And the focus is the focus is the event. The focus is this the focus is the taking of ground the focus is the hill the focus is the service the focus is no no no. that's not the focus the focus is always the people everything we do is about the people jesus leaves the 99 to go after the one which is last. and then when he gets the one he picks it up he carries it back rejoicing he rejoices over the one then he gets on the phone he calls the neighbors, rejoice with me with throwing a party. Is it your birthday? No. Is it Christmas? Oh, same thing, Jesus, sorry. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 what's what's the party for? He's like, My sheep which was lost is found. Hey Martha, I think Jesus has been drinking again. <laughs> but Jesus says, No, 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 one person is heaven throws a party Amen. over one person. Amen. So it's all about people. Do we make people feel important? You know, the, the, the truth is, the truth is, the great danger in church is that we become, uh, gosh, what's the word? Leanne, we become these, the, probably, let me just say it this way. The ugliest thing I've seen in church is that uh, we, are, we just schmooze people yeah. to get them saved. And then we abuse people after they're, sa- they're saved. We schmooze them. You're, you're the most important person. We did this whole night just for you. You're so-. And so people are like, well, I love the kingdom of God. I love the church. It's all about me. And then we're like, hey, would you vol-? I'll volunteer on a team? And then, you know, someone else will say, can you volunteer here, can you volunteer here, volunteer here? And they're like, oh, absolutely, you, you know, you, you gave me salvation. I'll just say yes to everything, not realizing that, you know, that they're not the, the, their heart is greater right now than their, their mind as far as managing their time. And they're just like, oh, you idiot. And, and before, you know, it's like, wow, the experience I had at the altar is very, very different to the experience I had. What changed? It wasn't them, it was us. We sucked. We, 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 we tell, you know, you're so important to God. People are more, the most important thing. If there was only one person ever to, to sin, Jesus would have still come and died on the cross. We, we tell people that. And then as soon as we have them on a team, as soon as they drop the flipping ball, and and I'm not saying that, you know, you don't get frustrated, but the way that we handle people post-salvation, we ought to handle them with the same love and the same affection. Now it's a different application. You better believe it's a different application. Hey, listen, you know, listen, you know, I, I need you here at 9.30 for a 10 a.m. service, but, you know, I just noticed you've been running late. Like, talk to me. Is it the traffic? You know, what is it? You know, everyone else is here and you just look bad. I don't want you to look bad. I need you to look good. Like, you're going to lose the respect of your peers. Like, do we have those? Like, make people feel important. Make people feel important. Uh, Number five, people magic isn't really magic. People magic isn't really magic. It's very simple, just smile. Right. It's amazing how many people, if you, if you smile, people will be attracted. It's like moths to a light. Yeah. M- moths fly around, there's a light over there. You know, honestly, if, if somebody's like angry, <laughs> someone's smiling, ah. Yeah. Oh, no. just, just smile, just smile a lot. Uh, the power of a name. When, when Leanne and I go out, whenever we go out, whenever there's, uh, whether it's a barista, whether it's a waiter or a waitress, or anyone serving in any area, I always look at the name. Yeah. Hey, great job, Travis. Yeah. Great job, Joe. Great job. And they're like, how do you know my, oh, shoot, yeah, I've got a little badge. <laughs> I think in uh, uh, How to Have Friends and influ- Influence People, Dale Carnegie says that a, a man's name for a man to hear his name it's the sweetest sound in the world. Mm-hmm. People want to hear their name. When you mention their name, when you say thank you so much whatever their name is. The coffee places that I go to I try and remember all the baristas names. When I come, hey George how you doing buddy? Looking cool today man I like this. Just say something kind. Say something positive. Can't tell you how many free things we get. You know Pizzeria Mio which is where, where Leanne and I like to eat. You know Marco, Marco. He's Italiano. Come stay. You know, and uh, we cannot get out of there without. Ha- hey, you got it. You got it. No, no. You sit down. I got dessert for you. And he comes and he brings out dessert every single time. Free dessert, free wine. The other day there was some ladies thing on. He's making these little pink shots. I'm like, what are they? I get you one. I'm like, no, I'm just asking. <laughs> and uh, I don't want a pink shot. I just. I want spaghetti bolognese and, you know, and uh, no, no. And he comes, puts it out in front of us and went in Rome. <laughs> but every time I see him, it's, you know, it's, ciao, ciao bello, come stai, you know, grazie. Grazie, prego, prego. You know, so I'm learning Italian uh, just, you know, from me. And they love us. You come out all the time. We love you. And whatever we have, we get for free. Yeah. Uh, you know, why is it? Have I manipulated him? Have I? No, I just, I just remember his name. And I just smile and I engage. I was at a church in Australia and uh, they were telling me how they had a glut of salvations. Yeah, you know, not seen anybody saved, you know, ooh, you know just believing for breakthrough. And so they took me out for, for dinner to an Italian restaurant. So we're at this Italian restaurant and you know, they're kind of telling me how it's so hard to get people saved. It's a transient area and all this kind of stuff. And so transient means, you know, a lot of tourists come and go and... And um, so anyway, we was sitting there, and, you know, the, the waitress is, you know, getting drinks and getting our orders. And, you know, this guy's got the menu, and he's just, you know, because she's just a waitress. And so he's just barking his orders. She's there to bring him his food, and that's it while he, you know, conducts the real business of the church. But I noticed she has a little bit of an accent. I said, oh, you know, Natalia, wh- where are you from? She said, I'm from Poland. I said, Poland! Chech. She goes, how you know Czech? I said, I've been to Krakow. I love Krakow, Poland. I said, oh, no, I know Czech. I know Żencuje, is Thank you. She goes, oh, what you, what do you do here? I said, oh, i you know, I'm here uh, speaking in this guy's church, actually. Oh, what do you speak in church? I said, oh, I'm a pastor. No, you not pastor. You surfer. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm a pastor and I'm a surfer. No. You can't be pastor, sir. I said, yeah, I'm pastor or Surfer. I said you should come tomorrow. Well, what time is church? I said, come ten o'clock in the morning. She, she goes, oh, I have to work in the morning. I said, well, they got another service at, at six o'clock. I can make it. So she comes. She's sitting on the second row. I'm preaching. First hand to go up is hers. First, I mean, honestly, honestly, I mean, really, that was hard. That was hard. How was that hard? All I did was noticed her name, Natalia. All I did was notice she had an accent. All I did was ask where she was from. Spoke two words, thank you, and cheched, hello. That's all I knew, but engaged, connected, invited to church, and she comes and gets saved. People think that, oh, man, you know, people magic is such a hard thing. No, it's not. It's only hard if you've moved from the people business into the theology business. If you've moved from the people business, into, it's all about people. And the last one, we're out of time. The last one is always praise publicly and critique privately. Praise the slightest improvement. And uh, you know, don't avoid difficult moments in giving feedback. Let me just tell you this. If you're a leader over people, if you're a leader over people, you owe it to God. And you owe it to the people to give them feedback, to give them feedback. Now, be careful. Don't criticize, you nasty, you piece of, oh, what am I going to, that's it. I'm done with you. I'm washing my hands you, you, know. Sit down with, with people and just say, what are you thinking here? Talk to me about this. But we've, we've, honestly, I'm telling you, as I travel, the more I travel, the more ceilings I see over churches has virtually nothing to do with God not turning up or blessing or sending people has nothing to do with the devil and witches and warlocks praying curses over that church to keep it small. It has everything to do with dreadful people skills. Your Bible, my Bible is the greatest psychology tool on handling people. It will kick your aspect again and again and again. And we need our aspect kicked. Somebody say amen. Heavenly Father we just thank you Lord God for for people. We just thank you for the people who volunteer. We just thank you for the people. Jesus the Bible says that you went up onto the mount that oversaw Jerusalem. And when you look down the Bible says you were moved with compassion. You began to weep over Jerusalem. Saying Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who stone the prophets and kill those who I sent, how long, how often I long to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks. The Bible says that you wept over Jerusalem because you saw the people like sheep scattered without a shepherd. Right. Father, help us to 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 see people. That the vision is people. The vision isn't buildings. Buildings help us fulfill the vision. The vision's people. The, the vision isn't numbers on attendance. Numbers on attendance help us to reach people. It's all about people. That each and every person that comes in is your son, is your daughter, that you hung on a cross to die for. Their lives are important. Their thoughts are important. Their desires and their dreams and their goals and their ambitions are important. Help us to love people. Help us to be courageous enough to sit down and give people on our teams feedback to help them improve to help them to get better help us to 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 give them a positive reinforcement about their worth their value and who they are father we thank you right now Lord God for great people skills in Jesus name Amen now let me just say this let me just say this let me just say this in closing I I looked from Genesis to Revelation I even uh, got the Prophet Google out do you realize this there is no gift there's no spiritual gift of people skills all those that need people's skills come and line now. <laughs> Doesn't exist, which means you have to develop it. If it does, if it can't be imparted. If it can't be rec- you've got to develop it. You have to develop people skills. You've got to develop it. The greatest commodity is people. The greatest asset is people. Your greatest frustration will be people. Jesus, oh my gosh, how long will I be with you? Oh, ye of little faith, bring the... So even Jesus was frustrated and exasperated at times. Just get used to that. But he loved them. He loved them enough to tell them. He loved them enough to rebuke them. He loved them enough to challenge them. He loved them enough to inspire them. He prophesied over them. We ought to do the same. We ought to do the same. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 Church San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.